What's going on, Stella family? I am, uh, I, I don't get excited too often, but I'm really, really excited about this particular podcast because I have got Lottie Okoro Dudu from the Cowrie Exchange in the building. Lottie, how you doing, man? I'm fine, Sam. I'm fine. Great to be here. Very happy to be with you today. Before we get started, let me go ahead and, and let you know that I'm doing this in partnership with the Public Node. And for those of you that aren't aware, Public Node is a nonprofit organization led by the stellar community members like you yourself working together to support the open and inclusive stellar network. Lottie, it is a pleasure to, uh, to, to chat with you. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Sam. Thank you very, very much. Great. I'm actually very happy to be with you today. And I'm really excited because there's a lot going on in Africa, tech-wise, and it is international hotspot of not of new developments and new ventures, and you guys are at the center of it. But before we deep uh, dive into all the technicalities, I always like to uh, start off with just talking about where you're from, and you're in a beautiful country called Nigeria. And I'm just going to go down a couple things that, you know, I Googled. I haven't been to Nigeria and, I, you know, but a lot of people I know listening, you know, see all the beautiful pictures and we're going to learn some more. So is it true the name derives from the Niger River, which is the longest river in West Africa? Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Basically, Nigeria means surrounding the Niger. So the name is gotten mm. from the Niger. Yeah. Nice, nice. So is the river, does it have any economic purposes or is it, how, how was it used today? Okay, today it's actually used basically for fishing for the communities around there. But because it cuts across the country from the south almost to the middle of the country, the government has plans to dredge it to kind of like make a, an inland port towards the center of the country. So they've been looking at that for a while. So it's something they have plans. But for now, it's mainly a fishing or fishing and stuff around the community. Oh, neat, neat. Are you into seafood? Oh, yes. Uh, my village is, uh, is really by the river. So I'm into seafood. I love seafood. Yeah, oh, really? So that's something that I love myself. So when I swing out there, I'm going to have to go hang out in your village. You're going to have to uh, introduce me to the, the fine seafood you're into out there. Going down here, man, I read that... And I was actually surprised. They said that Nigeria's film industry is known as Nollywood and is one of the largest film producers in the world. Second to only India's Bollywood, who I'm sure a lot of people have heard. Is the industry really that big? And if so, what film should I go check out this summer or, or this, this winter, I should say? <laughs> the industry is it, it is big. It's, it's actually very, very big. Um, but I'll have to make a little admission. I'm not much of a film person, but uh, if you recommend what I've heard is really good is a, a movie called King of Boys. Okay. I've heard good things about it, but I'll be honest, I, I haven't watched it. So basically, if, if I don't like the movie, don't come blame you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, Nigeria, it's known as one of the most populous countries in Africa. Over 500 indigenous languages, 250 ethnic groups. My question, what is it like living in a country with so much diversity? Honestly, it's, it's brilliant. You learn to appreciate different cultures, different languages, different foods. I actually, I love it. I have actually been all over Nigeria. 
and the different parts and it expands your horizon. There's so many different cultures and they're all colorful and all have their own various intricacies. But honestly, I think it's really one of the pros for Nigeria having this melting pot of different cultures and Lagos where we're in, which is the um, economic capital of Nigeria, is actually a melting pot. It's one of the places you see where everybody from all over the country actually comes. So it's it's actually very nice. You get to taste different foods, learn about different beliefs. Embracing diversity. There's something I know that a lot of people need to do, man. That's that's a wonderful statement right there, you know, and it's great mm-hmm. to see that that your country embraces that so well. Speaking about Lagos, now I'm a music person. I love music. And one of my favorite artists, Wizkid, mm-hmm. he's, matter of fact, he, Mr. No Stress, Mr. Fever is another hot track that I like to listen to. Uh, he dropped an album this week, Made in Lagos. How was the music scene out there? Is that something that you're into? It's, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you can't but be into music, especially if you live in Lagos. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, Lagos is, um, yeah. the people in Lagos love to party. They love, they love music. We all love music. So. And to be honest, it's one of the industries that is tr- thriving. It's, it's really thriving. Um, the younger, with the, um, the younger generation really love it. So yeah, um, we love the music, different types of music. Music is now getting global recognition. People hear it all over. When I was in South, in Mexico for the last meridian, I heard Nigerian music. I was surprised. <laughs> But yeah, it's right, right, right. Something that is is nice to have that recognition worldwide. So yeah, we love it. And honestly, man, I um once I I got exposed to it, I I listen to Nigerian artists, you know, uh, music all the time. I I, there's a, a radio station on Apple Music that I play. We play every week when it comes out. I jam out to it. So that so that's good. Now you know, moving into the tech. There has been a tech explosion, lack of a better word, that has happened over Africa over the past couple of years. And in fact, Nigeria has the most tech hubs out of any country in Africa. You mentioned Lagos. Well, that's the leading innovative city. Just recently, I think there was an article, uh, Young Guys, Paystack, was acquired for over $200 million. That's big. For those listening abroad, still envisioning this old Africa from, you know, old movies of yesterday. Can you, you know, briefly take some time just to catch up the listeners on what Africa's like today? Okay, so Africa today, I would say, say three words, opportunity, potential and growth. The continent is, the demographics is, is, a, is very young. And basically, the fact that we're not tied down by investment in legacy infrastructure allows us to adopt, mm. adopt and innovate a lot in Africa. And with this high, like I said, this young demographic, they are highly engaged and clued in to what's going on. And basically, it's a way for them to try and get that financial security. And the globe and um, the world is smaller now with information. And so they're really, really keyed in. Those three words I really stand by is opportunity, potential, and growth. I don't see anywhere else where there is that kind of potential and growth because uh, as the population grows, they, we need a lot of stuff. It's been a continent that has been largely ignored the world over. 
But um, like I said, these youngsters are beginning to realize, don't wait for nobody to come and do it for you. Do it yourself. Like you said, pay stack. I like that. Yeah, really uh, young guys that decided to do it themselves and basically showed that, yes, it can be done. <laughs> it can be done. There's lots to do here, especially technology-wise. There's lots to do here. So I, I would say that is Africa today. It's breaking away from that colonial mindset. Mm. That's, I would say, the older generation, they, were, they, they kind of like have that colonial mindset and think of, okay, we look to the West for solutions and all that. But this younger generation, they're not looking at, it, at anybody for solutions. They're coming up with their solutions. Man, you got me excited, man. I might have to go go out there to Nigeria there, man, because that's that's my energy, baby. Yeah. You know, I, I read you, you had mentioned uh, it was a, a I think it was a medium post. And, and you said that the word hustle, it means something out there, you know, to go out and get it yourself. Like it, it means something. So I love that energy that the youth are having. It's that's real powerful. It is very powerful. I agree. You wrote back in 2018. It was a, a medium post titled empowering Nigerians freedom of investment. And he began by stating that the lack of social safety net in Nigeria is one of the most compelling motivations for many Nigerians seeking financial security. Later on, you stated that it drives Nigerians to take two routes. You chose the route of revolutionizing the financial infrastructure. Can we take some time just discussing your life growing up and, and how it inspired you know, this energy that I'm feeling in the conversation and the creation of the Cowrie Exchange. Okay, so I grew up in the West and in Nigeria. Uh, and my formative years were in the UK. Then my teenage years were in Nigeria. And it kind of made me see what we, are, we can do, where we're meant to be, and where, you know, the potentials of the things we can do. And the internet came about. We in Africa, we couldn't take full advantage of it at the beginning. We'd get information, but commerce, especially, we couldn't take part in commerce. At the time the internet came out, we didn't have um, bank cards, debit cards, credit cards in most of Africa. I, I would say Nigeria for, for sure, we didn't have. So you, you saw all sorts of things and you couldn't take part in commerce. Even if you wanted to have something to sell to the world, it's literally the fact that you couldn't get paid or just that commercial activity, that missing aspect, we felt we were missing a lot. That aspect drove us. It was a passion of me and um, my um, technical director in Kauri, Bugemi. Both of us were the, we founded Kauri. And this was, I would say, in 2004. We had this idea, how can we take part in the commercial activities of the internet easily for everybody, not just the select few? At that point in time, it was those that managed to have um, bank accounts in the West that had cards that could take part in commercial activities. It's changed now, but at that point in time, that was our drive. How do we let everybody take part in this revolution that's taking over the globe? We... You know, played around with a few ideas, came up with a, a few solutions we thought was, was good. But we are in Nigeria. At that point in time, people didn't really see what we're seeing now about technology. So we 
we never gave up. As the technology started catching up in Nigeria, and we found that you needed major capital at that point in time, you needed major capital if you wanted to have, have any solutions. We never, we weren't fortunate enough to have those that capital at that point in time, but we never gave up. We chipped at it, kept on chipping, chipping, chipping. And when the boom came into our, in Nigeria, everybody was online. Mobile phones were ubiquitous by this time. And the internet had really, really blown up here. But at the same time, like I said, we, we didn't have that capital where, where, where the major, what I call them, the banks and co had. And that kind of capital to try and service whatever, um, uh, produce whatever services they want. We never had that, but we never gave up. And then came Bitcoin, blockchain. I'll be honest with you. I, I never knew much about blockchain, but my, uh, our CTO, Pogemi, he's, uh, very clued in and he was always exploring blockchain, blockchain, blockchain. And what could we do about Bitcoin? It went on for a couple of years. We didn't, we didn't really do a, anything. But by this time, we were slowly, we had different services for our local environment. We had a, a service that allowed people that didn't have bank accounts, but earned money, but wanted to maybe send money to somebody's bank account, but they didn't have bank account, but had cash. We developed a service where they could go to uh, a terminal merchants, basically give the person the cash and he will produce a pin that they could use on any mobile phone feature or smart and basically deposit money into any bank account in Nigeria. We were excited about this because at that point in time, cash was the major way people did business. Bank accounts were maybe 10, 20 million total. But mobile phones were, yeah. at that point in time, were 50, 60 million. So we were excited at the potential of mo- what mobile phones could do. By this time, there was mobile money in Nigeria, but it didn't really catch on for various reasons, I, I would say. But then we came across, in my CTO in his research, came across <laughs> Stella. And he said, oh, this looks interesting. We could play about around with this. By this time, I was dabbling in investing in cryptocurrencies and the likes. So yeah, I'd come across XLM, but to be honest, I, I didn't know the underlying technology. What he liked about it was they had an African-centric theme, I would say. They seemed to be interested in Africa. And we like that. We really like that. So he started explaining to uh, me and the rest of us in office what the potentials of this chain could do. We were pretty impressed. And we've always had this vision of giving Nigerians this ability to be able to get to this global marketplace. Nigerians are extremely entrepreneurial. It's something... They have, I guess it's the environment that we come from. So we felt that whatever can make it easier for Nigerians to do business internationally is something we would be very, very interested in. So that was how I would say Cowie Exchange started. 
You know, you mentioned helping the Nigerians to reach the globe and a term you use, the freedom of investment. What does that statement mean to you? It means the ability to invest in any venture, business venture you want to, without being limited by geography. Mm -hmm. For instance, the Teslas, the Googles and the likes. People here never had that opportunity to get in on any of those. We were always looking from the outside. So for us, that was a dream. Like I said, we're, Nigerians are very entrepreneurial. So it was a dream of us to be able to offer uh, Nigerians the ability to be able to try and get into global businesses, invest in various ventures with as little as they have or as much as they have. We didn't want to exclude anybody. We wanted to democratize the process, basically. So that is what freedom of the investor means to carry, to make it easy for people in Africa. We, we, are, we are looking beyond Nigeria, but, so, but we started from Nigeria. Being Nigerians, we started from Nigeria. Even us that ability to be able to, to be able to jump in on the next Alibaba, the next Tesla. Yeah, it might be in Africa somewhere else. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the West. I think that that's so important because for me, that's what excited me about Stellar as well. You know, the speculation of a token, it is what it is. But the vision that if Stellar is successful, that my kids will have an easier time of accessing investments, of uh, becoming entrepreneurs. That's what excited me because I know, you know, from my own experiences, when you don't come from anything, it's hard to, to really get out there. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I read you guys were able to basically get onto Stellar in eight weeks. Mm -hmm. That would be impossible in the legacy system. So exactly what you're saying really hits home to me in particular, because that is what I see. And, and what motivates for podcasts like this is that hopefully we can continue that vision and that message out to people. Because if you're listening, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you don't have to wait for anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Come on Stellar and build right now. Connect with people like Lottie here at with the Cowrie Exchange and network. So let's talk more about the Cowrie Exchange since it's so important. The NGNT is a fiat-backed token pegged one-to-one to the Nigerian Naira. But more so than just being an anchor like a lot of other wallets are, I read that Cowrie took a different approach. Can you share with the audience what makes Cowrie unique? Okay, that's a very good question, sir. So for us, we always look at challenges as an opportunity. Biggest, uh, I would say, stable coin is USDC. At the point, at that point in time, there were all sorts of stories about USDT. Oh, it's not back. It's this. It's that. There were all sorts of stories. Now we are coming from Nigeria. We're in Nigeria. Um, like it or not, there is a narrative about Nigeria out there. Um, I'm sure you must have heard different stories, Nigerian princes, uh, fraudsters and the likes. So for us, it was very important that when we issued our token, first thing we thought about was we needed the ability to be able to redeem that token in the shortest possible time. We felt that was what would kind of separate us and build that trust capital that we were looking for, especially as a startup, a startup in Nigeria, just trying to do a global business. Rather than, you know, 
yeah, complain about our situation or try. Look, our token should be redeemable in minutes. So that will, I would say, will be the first difference is um, the NGNT token can be redeemed into any Nigerian bank account within 60 seconds. Wow. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the mechanics of that, but that's what well, that was. Yeah, our first goal was to be able to re, re, um, to get it to be redeemed in um, 60 seconds. And then we didn't want to necessarily lock it within a Kari ecosystem. We, we loved the stellar ethos of openness and the likes. So we were keen to have this token in as many places as possible. Hmm. Our CEO, he calls it, uh, he calls NGNT Naira on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> which to be honest, I totally agree with him because if you look at the Fiat Naira, it's really limited in what it's, it's locked into the network in Nigeria. But our token being on the Stellar network is instantly global. It's instantly accessible by everyone. So that's where the Naira and steroids came from. So I think that is our main differentiator, the fact that you can redeem this into any bank account in Nigeria in 30 seconds. Now, um, I was going to get into this later, but kind of in this conversation, what is the NIBS and what does the Kauri integration mean to consumers? Okay, so NIBS stands for the Nigeria Interbanking Settlement System, NIBS. So, um, like you remember, we uh, earlier we mentioned this fact that we are not invested in legacy systems. It allows us to innovate and leap, let me say, adopt leapfrog technology. At one point in time, the, all the banks were siloed and they decided to come uh, come together and form this company, which basically allows them to interconnect all the banks in Nigeria. Now, what, what this does is that if I do a regular bank transfer to another person in another bank, he gets that transfer within 60 seconds to two minutes. We found this, um, I mean, I've been to um, the States, I've been Europe, I've been to the UK. Um, I, I don't know, it's not wide, it's not wide in the, uh, in the US for you to be able to just transfer to one bank account or another bank account within two minutes. Your ACH is, I think, 24 hours. Yeah. 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 If, if a tenant sends me an ACH today, I could credit it, but then I could find out in two days that the check bounced. <laughs> and I got to check them down. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's not like that at all. <laughs> a great yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in Europe, you have the SEPA. SEPA, too, has the limitations of Settlement takes the next day and all that. The UK just came up with the faster payments, which I think in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But Nigeria, this NIPS is, is really established and pretty much Nigerians like money. So they like to see that they get their money on time. So I think it, it really paid. So we integrated into the NIPS settlement net network. Imagine integrating this NIPS settlement and now getting this the Stellar Network, mm. and bridging both of them together. Mm. So you're basically from anywhere in the world, you can settle into a Nigerian bank account within 60 seconds. Man, 
Man, I need a calorie exchange in, in, in my town. <laughs> you know, so you talked a lot about the calorie networking relationship with Stellar. I just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that. So especially with stable coins, I still see people building stable coins on the Ethereum network. USDC, they started off there and they just partnered in with Stellar to bring that fast payment. I was just curious, did did you guys, your CTO, uh, look at Ethereum at all for your solution? Yes, we, we did. We were looking at Ethereum. We were excited about Ethereum. And wanted, that was where we actually initially wanted to build our stablecoin. Um, we were excited about smart contracts and everything. Mm-hmm. But I would say, luckily, we, we didn't just jump on the, on the Ethereum network. We continued researching. And when we found the Stellar network, we put the two side by side. And we found out there are a lot of pros to going onto the Stellar. The, um, the consensus protocol for one was very interesting to us. The fact that you said to, uh, the networks uh, comes into consensus every five seconds. So that matches with our NIPS. That is, you can um, settle in 60 seconds. If you have a stellar uh, network that settles in five seconds, mm-hmm. we found that very, very, very compelling. Then um, there are other things. The Ethereum network, we found a lot of drawbacks with the Ethereum network. When people build on it, the more people build on it, the more expensive transactions become. Okay. So if you happen to have a very successful app on, on the Ethereum network, gas prices suddenly go up as more people use it. Slows down settlements and the like. So we found all those things limiting. If there was no, if there was no Stella, we would have gone ahead with it. Mm-hmm. But when we, we saw Stella, I mean, it was a no-brainer for us. Nice. Technically, then, like I said, the vision of Stella really wanting this to be an open network and really looking at emerging markets. That ethos also attracted us to Stella. So it's both the technical aspects of, of Stellar. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to implement on Stellar once you know what you're doing. It's actually very easy to get an implementation on Stellar. Um, the ecosystem is, is I, I would say, is beautiful. And, and, and the people, is, they're very supportive. Now, now, look, no one's listening to this, man. Tell me straight up, man. <laughs> <laughs> How was your experience working with Stellar? You know, just between me and you and a, and a couple thousand people listening in, you know, because you said earlier that Stellar, from what you saw and read, they seem to really be embracing Africa. I think it's important to get this perspective because, you know, especially in, in the blockchain world, a lot of things don't turn out to be what you think they are. You know, like with the DeFi craze, right? You see a lot of people getting burnt. I know for a fact you guys have been, you've been around for a long time. You've met with pretty much everybody up and down the chain. Can you share what your personal experience has been working with SDF? Oh, it's been fantastic, Sam. They actually know this technology will have the most impact uh-huh. in places like Africa. And for instance, they, I mean, the West can't get by without blockchain for now. Yeah, it's better, it adds to them, 
But the impact it will have on our society here is immense. Mm. It's actually immense. We appreciated that they saw that and they saw it early on. Not when it was fashionable, not, not when, you know, the right. we saw it when it wasn't fashionable, when it was hard to come into Africa. Mm. They saw it. And hey, wait, hold up. Pause on that, man. I, I've thought that myself. You know, it is really cool now to come to Africa. But I've posted a couple of times, you know, they've been there since the ground level. So I'm glad you brought it up because I might say it and it might sound petty because I'm a big fan of the network. But, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> continue. continue. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're correct. Yeah, yeah. They were there from the beginning. And they were there when it was very hard. Very, very, very hard. They were there. They never gave up. And so and they had an interest in people that were trying to develop on the network and really try to support and hold hands. I'll give you an example. For us, we were building on, on the network. All well and good, we were, we were just doing our thing. So for us, when doing the ICO boom, we thought, no, we don't want to go that route. Why? Again, we're coming from Nigeria. If you don't have a product, and I tell you that, okay, I want X amount of dollars or whatever, then two years down the line, I'll have a product or a year down the line. For us, we felt that wasn't the best way to go. We said, let's build our product and then start looking for the financial resources to take it forward. So we started building. By the time we had finished, the ICO boom had crashed. That plan of ICO never panned out, so we didn't go that route. But as we were building, trying to get our services open, SDF themselves actually reached out to us. Mm. If you see what we are doing, they like what we're doing. Is there any way they can support us? Mm. Yeah, we're like, oh, definitely. We have this token, but if we don't have counterparty anchors to partner with, it's difficult to take it forward, to build actual business use cases on it. Like I said, Nigerians are uh, very entrepreneurial. So, yes, we had a token out there. We didn't advertise, but we found people from word of mouth, wherever, were actually using these tokens themselves, trying to get in and out of crypto. We're from Naira to crypto and back. Mm -hmm. Because at that point in time, you could only buy crypto with a card. Okay. It's expensive and you're limited with what you could do. So a lot of people were using it as a route to get in and out of crypto. So they'll get into Excel and then go into whatever exchanges they were and come back out either way. So Lisa, Lisa contacted us. Shout out to Lisa Nestor, man. Shout out <laughs> yeah, to Lisa Nestor out there. Honestly, the honestly, right, she's, ahead, she's been great. She's been great. She reached out to us and said she sees us, what we're doing, and she would like to you know, see how she can expand on it. She introduced us to a couple of other anchors, counterparty anchors. We would be interested in Europe, the States, and wherever. And that's basically how we started. And with that support and introduction, basically, and the various introductions into the network, built up a lot for us. It's really, really helped us. This is what I'm saying we, we did with minimal financial resources, mm. which I mean, is, which is what technology is about, which is great, which is what the Stellar Network is about. You don't need to have tens of thousands of dollars to start, honestly. You can literally 
service, large sector of the market with minimal uh, financial commitment. And we did that. They supported us in various ways, which, like I said, introductions, you know, the different stellar standards. Okay, they were interested in, okay, you guys are on the ground. It's different having the theoretical part being done in the States, but okay, how can we actually implement some things that will actually work for you over there? Wow. And so wow. it's it's been fantastic. We've met a lot of people in, in the SDF. I, I can't speak well enough of them. Even, I mean, I was quite impressed. Daniel reached out to us last week during the time of the crisis we had. She just reached out to us and just to check on us. I, I found that amazing. Yeah, no, that's real right there. See, now you're getting me uh, emotional here, man. That's that's real talk. People always ask me, like, why am I so involved at this level? And it's it's a lot because I see for myself, like, what you're talking about. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. When she reached out to you, that wasn't a press release. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't no, hey, look, look what I'm doing. This was just a, a phone call. And that's what real people do. So mm-hmm. it's really good to hear that side of things. So going back into this, so with utilizing Stellar, and you said they helped you to, you know, make your token have more use case. Do you guys utilize the Stellar decks in and plug into that so people can maybe get into other assets, etc.? Yes, yes, we do. We use the decks a lot. That was one of the things that actually attracted us to the network. Uh, one of the when we were comparing to Ethereum, as we were talking about, the fact that the protocol comes with a decentralized exchange where once you're you're, you're issued a token, there's actually an exchange where it's up. We found very compelling, and we so we make use of the decks for a lot of our services, especially our cross-border business payments. We do make use of the decks. So let's say I'm in the states and and I want to send my friend over in Nigeria some money. How is it possible for me to transfer funds directly into the Nigerian bank account? Uh, it's not hard at all, Sam. It's not hard at all right now. Various Stellar-based wallets make it very easy. The Interstellar wallet, the Lobster wallet, um, even the Stellar X platform makes it very easy for you to do an on-chain transaction where you can end up with Naira in a bank account in Nigeria. That's amazing. And this can be as little as a dollar. So you can send a dollar. That's that's amazing. (laughs) You can send a dollar from the States and... (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me I have a lobster wallet right now. I could send a dollar mm-hmm. and 50 cents. I want to I want to send somebody a dollar and 50 cents. I could transfer it right over the network on chain. They see it it comes in within a couple of seconds. They can go to their bank and get a dollar and 50 cents. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. <laughs> wow. It, I mean it, it's amazing that you guys were able to do this. That's incredible. Oh, so uh, there was a term that you guys used. I-, I hear a lot. It's programmable money when speaking about Stellar, right? They call it programmable money. What does that mean exactly? Okay, so um, that's basically various transactions. You have you could have various rules for what should happen next. It could be that I want to pay for a service 
And the person offering the service obviously wants to be paid. And he doesn't want to give me that service prior to being paid. I may not want to pay him prior to receiving the service. Mm. So we can write rules onto the, on the network, basically saying that create an escrow, basically, where if you had gone to the bank, they would charge you a lot for this service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what trade finance is about. So, but basically you can do this with like a multi-signature wallet. So I could have um, a wallet that has three signatures, create some rules that says once a certain condition has been met, the funds are released to the party that is offering the service. So you, you can do this all programmatically, basically written down. So there is no need for a middleman or an expensive bank, banking ex- escrow service. So that's basically, it's just creating rules for, and conditions for a particular trade or transaction. Wow. It's wow. nothing more than that. You guys are really utilizing Stellar out there. That That's awesome. <laughs> I noticed also that there's a lot of other companies. Like I, I had a chance to speak with Coinvest about a week ago, and they said that they were utilizing the, the Cower Exchange. And, and I've noticed it popped up on different promos for other companies. Do you mind just sharing uh, just maybe a, a couple of examples, if you can, of how other you know, let's say, you know, somebody in the States, uh, Latin America, wherever they're saying, I want to expand into a new marketplace. Cause I, I feel, especially in this time, entrepreneurs have to be creative. And so, Hey, if there's an opportunity, you guys have a great, obviously a great system going on and, you know, want to connect into Nigeria, African marketplace. Now is a great time. So how are some uh, companies utilizing you guys right now? Quite a bit, like you said, CoinQVest, for instance, offer uh, opportunities to invest in various stocks. Now, they could have gone about it different ways. They could have tried to get a card processor and do it that way. But it limits you in certain things, in minimums that you can take. It was of a large segment of the markets that you could possibly get. Mm-hmm. And it takes time and resources. The fastest way I would say to offer any service to the Nigerian market right now would be to use Carry Exchange and our stable coin. Okay. Because you instantly get paid from Nigerians for whatever service you are offering. Mm. And especially for services that enable people to make money, should I say. I keep on happen on the entrepreneurial spirit of Nigerians. We Nigerians are very entrepreneurial. They like to invest and make that extra buck. Right. I mean, like what I said, there's no social safety net here. So financial security is very, very, very important here. Once Ni- Nigerians see an ability to try and make that extra buck, they jump on it. Currently, I think we're probably, if not the largest, when it comes to peer-to-peer Bitcoin transactions in Africa, if not the world, I, I don't, I don't want to misspeak, but I, I think we, a couple of weeks ago, we were doing the largest volumes of peer-to-peer transactions in Nigeria. So any opportunity to go in for any business or, or to have any small investments, Nigerians will jump on it. The better if they have the opportunity not to go with large sums of money. Uh-huh. If uh-huh. they can start with 10 bucks, 5 bucks, they will religiously do that. A lot of people make money every day here. They make their cash 
daily. The opportunity to put some of that money into something else, they jump on it because usually they don't have the opportunity. And when you have cash just like that, it, it goes. You don't have the opportunity to increase your wealth, basically. Right. But with this token and the most limitations of minimum volumes and all that, you are actually giving people the opportunity to increase their wealth. There's D stock, right? D stock is I know has been integrated with with the Cowrie Exchange. Yes, D stock. That's one way people can they can get into stocks and Tesla, Google, all these major industries. Coins Quest. That's for like online shopping in stores. That's also connected. That is amazing that you guys are basically creating bridges as your dream was, right? To connect the Nigerians to the world and global world. So that's incredible. So this was brought up a little bit earlier. I feel like it will be inappropriate not to discuss briefly the protests against human rights abuses taking place with the NSARS movement. What can you share about what this movement means for the people and where things stand now? Okay, uh, I would say there's a similar thing happening in the States. I would say there's a generational divide. Okay. Nigeria is a very young population. So the boomers kind of are quite conservative, Uh culturally and in how they do things. But (laughs) the millennials, they are clued in, brother. They are very clued in, and they know what they want. This answers, I would say, it was just a start of a bigger structural problem or structural deficiencies in the country. They want accountability. They know their rights and they are willing to ask for their rights. While I would say the older generations were more willing to accept things, more willing to be, what I say, patient. And But this younger generation basically... They, they know what they want, and they believe they have a right to it, which, to be honest, they do. <laughs> They're asking for accountability. So it's strange because, right. yes, there was a problem with police and extortion and brutality. But at the same time, these protesters were actually asking for the government to increase the welfare packages for the police because they know <laughs> that the reason most of these guys are doing this is because they're not properly paid, not properly trained. Wow, wow, wow. That shows the level of the community that they're actually saying, yes, we need this, but you know what? Let's increase the money for these police officers, mm-hmm. uh, for these government officials, mm-hmm. so that way they're not motivated to be corrupt. So that way they can be trained better. That's interesting. That's that's interesting. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, they just want to... Like I said, accountability and to remove all these larger systemic problems uh-huh. that exist. Yeah, their, their time will come eventually. They're definitely, their time will come. There are a lot of terrible things happen. I'm, I, I'm actually proud of, of what they did. I, I never believed they could be so organized in their demands and everything. But yeah, I actually I was impressed with the way they handled things. Unfortunately, things happened which were, were basically everybody's trying to find out. Uh, but yeah, there are certain investigations going on right now and I'm sure people will be held accountable. If not, there's an election coming in two years. I know they're definitely going to be very active in that. So yeah, that's where we stand right now. No, that's great. You know, shout out to all the youth out there in Nigeria. 
you know, I'm out here in the States and, and I feel what you guys are doing. It's inspiring a lot of us over here because you're setting a, a huge example in just the way you're handling it. You know, the whole entire culture taking this time to speak with you, uh, Lottie, has been inspiring because you guys are doing it. Entrepreneur, taking your opportunities for yourselves, not waiting on anybody, not waiting on anybody to write your destiny. Those are the, mm-hmm. the things that I, I live by. I was actually uh, speaking with Colton earlier today before chatting with you, and that conversation came up. This is not a time frame in, in our lifetime that you want to want to miss out on. There's an opportunity to be a part of this new industrial revolution, mm-hmm. and not just on a from an economic side, but a humanitarian True. side. You know, with the internet, it's more powerful. We're, we're all more powerful now more than ever, and so. It's not a time to lay down. It's not a time to complain. It's a time for change. So Lottie, I just really want to thank you so much for the time you've shared with me. I, I believe that this is a very important podcast. But before we wrap up, man, what what's the future for uh, Cowrie? You guys have, have any plans going into 2021? Oh, yeah. Well, we have lots, lots, of, lots of plans. We have a goal to build a, a payment network for Africa. So what we're doing in Nigeria, we want to expand it for Africa. Um, we believe we, once we crack Nigeria like we have, we believe we can get to other countries. Um, we want to really promote intra-African trade between Africa itself and mm-hmm. also with the rest of the world. So next year is about replicating this. We're looking at Ghana, Kenya or South Africa. So we're, we're looking to basically expand our network and build out this payment network. That's our major goal. I'm going to be here to support you guys whenever there's another opportunity to speak on this podcast or, or anything. You have my support, man. You really do. I, I look forward to us talking in Africa not too long from now. Just looking back at all the accomplishments that you guys have done and the impact you've made to not just the Africans that are there in Nigeria and all the countries, but the ones that are all over the world that are looking back at what you guys are doing and, and are cheering you on from abroad. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. This wraps it up. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Support the Cowrie Exchange. What is the, the best way to visit Cowrie? What's the website? Okay, so yeah, um, you've just gone to Cowrie.exchange. That's the best way to get to us. All right. It was a great talk. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Cowrie.exchange. Make sure you go support these guys. It's more than just an exchange. It is a movement. Take care, guys. <laughs>